Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are on this rotating globe. Welcome to another edition of The Other Side of Midnight. My name is Jonathan Womack. I'm your host for this evening. Richard is out with a migraine. He called earlier in the day to let me know. I could hear the pain in his voice, and um, I have sympathy for anyone that experiences these debilitating headaches. So let's all send him a, a silent prayer to get better, and hopefully he'll be back tomorrow night. Uh, in the meantime, we have an incredible show for tonight. This all began back in the 90s, really, when uh, Richard was featured on CNN, pointing his finger to a picture of the Mars face. And NASA has, of course, denied that the face is anything but ruins, and they sent some more probes and took some more pictures, and and they said, see, look, this, this thing is not a face at all. One side of it is completely collapsed. It's just some old mesa, and it's crumbling, and it's very old, but it's not a face. It's definitely not a face. So I saw that CNN uh, segment, and I took that to heart, and I, I decided to follow Richard from then on because nobody else was calling this out. He had the chutzpah to stand up and say, hey, look at this, and this is something extraordinary. And so I... I give him the greatest credit for doing that back in the day. Now, um, let me, let's see, let me read the promo for tonight's show, which is called 3D Art of the Gods. Now, what if an ancient group of ET gods carved the rock planets and moons in our solar system? The entire surface of Mars and Earth are covered with reliefs crafted by highly advanced beings. What if the towering spires, arches, monoliths, murals, and monuments in Arches National Park, Utah, purported by mainstream archaeologists and geologists as erosion, are actually grandiose 3D models imbued with hyperdimensional technology? Could these anomalous time capsules include encoded directions for initiating magical portals to other dimensions? Tonight, we explore part one of an ongoing discussion in which astral Samaritan and metaphysical researcher Jonathan Womack, that's me, presents his astonishing theories gleaned from mountains, and I mean mountains, of evidence supporting my claim that the key to disclosure is literally staring us in the face. That's what we'll be going through tonight. And uh, let me tell you how to get to my items for tonight, my slides. You go to the website, theothersideofmidnight.com. That's our URL. And you Scroll down and click on the banner for tonight's show, the 3D Art of the Gods. That takes you to the show page. 
and you'll see the banner again and just below the banner you'll see uh, a link to my items. So let's go ahead and get started here. Um, item one is a timeline. And as I mentioned, uh, Richard should be included on this timeline. That uh, was in the 90s. But when I was a boy uh, in 1968, I first noticed there was something funky going on in the American Southwest. And I made a mental note to come back and have another look at, at some point down the road. And then some years go by, and I, I went back out there in 1975. I took my guitar. Um, I was staying with friends in the Rocky Mountains, and you know, I go sit on the cliff with my guitar, playing some songs, and <laughs> it was it was pretty awesome. Uh, at one point, they said, "Hey, we're going to a hoot nanny this weekend." I said, "What's a hoot nanny?" They said, "Well, the guys are coming down from the mountain. They're loggers. They go up there for three months." And then they come back down and we have a big party and, uh, you know, whatever you can hoot in, you know, a jug of whiskey or uh, whatever, um, that's what we do. So I brought my guitar and saw all these country folk and it was like right out of a movie. You know, I got the guy with the spoons and the, and the whiskey jug and another guitar player. And well, that was one of the best times I've had in my life. It was so much fun. Um, and then I went back out there in 2008 and again, noticed that um, you know, it was just a reminder that these anomalous carvings were all over the Rocky Mountains. And again, I thought, well, I wasn't ready yet. That's what it was. I, I just wasn't ready to jump into this with both feet because I knew it would be something that would be life-changing and it would just take over my life. So I still wasn't quite ready. And then uh, in 2010, I published my book, Old Souls, which is the story, it's a fictional novel about um, the folks who escaped Mars destruction, and they come to Earth, and they settle in uh, Montana. And they have these underground cities inside the mountains and below ground and so forth, and um, that was a chance for me to get some of these ideas out on paper. But again, I had not accepted um, any kind of role in investigating any of this seriously, and um, I just had a lot going on in my life. So uh, December 2020, we had Scott Walter on the show to talk about the Utah monolith. And that was another nudging uh, from my point of view. That was just a way of nudging me again to say, hey, you remember, you're, you're going to go take a look at this again one of these days. And I thought, yeah, I, I need to go take a serious look at that. But I still wasn't quite ready. I was resisting. And then in August of 2021, Keith Morgan, our engineer for tonight, um, did a show uh, featuring his vacation photos from Arches Park. And when I saw those pictures, that was it. Any resistance I had was completely shattered. And I realized in that moment, I had to take this on because nobody else was. And I 
after the show, I, I started working on a video that I uh, posted on my YouTube channel in, in September, uh, pointing out some of this stuff in Arches Park at Balanced Rock. Little did I know at that time <laughs> that it would lead me here. I've come so far in a short time, it seems like. Um, then in October 2022, last October, uh, I got to do a full show with Richard, highlighting some of this stuff that I had found, all these, all of these sun slots and sight lines and all these celestial alignments. And the, the biggest find at that time was the sun coming up on the fall equinox and it shines through these, I call them the sacred portals. There, there are arches in this wall at Park Avenue in Arches Park. And they're shining through and they're striking this huge cliff mural that's about 700 feet high. And it's lighting up these four points on the mural. And I'm like, I got to find out what these four points are, what it means. This is super important. Um, they left this for us. And it's for us to unravel and decode. And once we do, um, I feel like we are supposed to reconnect with these folks that carved the Earth and the, the Moon and Mars and all of the other solid planets in our solar system, as well as uh, many other systems. So uh, then fast forward to January, just about three months ago, I'm sitting here in my office and looking at all this marvelous stuff on Google Earth, which is what I use to uh, do a lot of this research. And I was just feeling very frustrated because I couldn't figure out what was going on with all the lights in Arches Park. They do things, it's like beam splitters on steroids. There's lights going, there's this whole architecture of lights that is invisible to the naked eye, but when you're out of body, you can look for it and find, say, oh, wow, look at this. And I, I just couldn't grasp what it is, what it was that I was seeing. And it was getting to me. And I, I just, I, I said out loud with as much psychic muster as I could command, I said, please, just, just show me, give me eyes to see. I'm missing something. What is it? And so I go to bed that night. I go into my my trance. And next thing I know, I'm flying through space. And it's very beautiful and peaceful. And along come three beings, uh, humanoid-looking. They're spirits. And they come gliding up beside me. They're about, they kept their distance. They're about 40 feet off to my right side. They didn't come right up close. Maybe they didn't want to scare me, or I don't know. But um, I could tell that these are three of the folks that are involved in this galactic artwork. And, you know, everything's telepathy on the other side. So they say to me, ready? <laughs> I say, yes, I am. And off we go. And they take me on a tour from planet to planet, solar system to solar system. 
and I'm looking at all this incredible beauty and magnificent artwork where they sculpt the entire surface, every square foot of these planets and moons is sculpted. There's no place on Earth and Mars that is not sculpted. So <clears throat> this, was a, this was a big deal, and uh, there was a lot of information sort of downloaded into my mind, and I was having some trouble uh, disseminating it and trying to understand everything. It was overwhelming. You know, it reminds me of Spock in the, the first Star Trek movie when he mind melds with Beejer. He's like, oh, my God, uh, I can't handle it. That, that's kind of how I felt. <laughs> so in uh, March 2023, I reached out to my, my friend Scott DeTamble, <clears throat> who's a friend of the show. He's been on a few times. He does past life regressions. And I said, I, I could use some help, Scott, trying to unravel this information because it's just it's overwhelming and I'm having a hard time. So he hypnotizes me and um, gosh, it was several hours went by. It seemed like it went by pretty quick, but it was like three hours and it was very intense. And um, there were parts where I was sobbing uncontrollably. And that, that actually helped because afterwards, I started getting uh, more of this stuff where I could get a handle on it and see what was going on. And it just gave me a little more perspective. So that was very helpful. And then uh, here we are tonight. And I've made, like I said, in, in a short period of time, I've made the most astounding discoveries as to these hidden chambers within the monuments of Arches Park. And they have these portals, these control kind of areas um, that are re related to the, the huge arches all over Arches Park. For example, Delicate Arch is the most popular arch in the park. It's the most visited. There's 1.5 million people visit Arches Park every year. And I have the feeling from watching the YouTube videos and vacation videos that indeed a lot of them, like Keith Morgan, um, they come away feeling that this is much more than erosion and that we are being lied to and that humans have been conditioned to believe that this is an erosion. Now, <clears throat> Uh, this next Saturday, uh, I'm going to do a show with Richard uh, focused on Arches Park and these chambers. And I've come to know these people that are featured in all over the Earth and Mars. Um, so they're, they're becoming like family. It's, it's really weird. But um, I've discovered what the delicate arch actually is and what's going on and that's going to have to come in, a, in a, a third show which I don't know maybe in six or eight weeks from now we can do I can't wait to talk about that because it's it's really extraordinary and I'm I'm just shocked that nobody has has delved into this before or noticed it because it really didn't take a lot 
uh, to figure out what Delicate Arch was and what's going on there. So I'm, my hope is that I will be able to get other people, lots of other people out there to see this art for what it is. It's 3D art and it's the most incredible thing you will ever see. It's as the sun moves across the sky, the artwork changes because like I said, it's 3D. So, and, and it definitely helps that I'm a 3D modeler. And in 3D modeling, we use UV maps, ultraviolet maps, to give the impression of height and depth. For example, you're looking at a, your computer screen, like I am on my desk here, it's a 32-inch screen, and you're looking at a flat screen. It's not three-dimensional, but these 3D models look like they have depth and height and um, that's done with the ultraviolet maps. So I'm wondering if, you know, do do we need to put on 3D glasses? Will that help us to see this stuff better? Or some of those UV glasses um, you see on TV? Or, But it's something like that. We have to get people to see what I am seeing so that they know beyond any reasonable doubt that all of this stuff is real. And when we get enough people to see this stuff, everything will change. And I believe this is disclosure waiting to happen. We don't have to go to Mars. We don't have to go to the moon or any other planets. This is right here on Earth. And it's all over the Earth. Um, next Saturday, I'm going to touch on like Devil's Tower, Mount Sinai, which is a bedazzling area that you can't hardly pull your eyes away from. Um, Al Ula, Saudi Arabia is another extraordinary place. Uh, and it's everywhere I've been exploring these mountain ranges. And every time it's the same thing. It's they are carved and it's the same people, the same faces, the same characters in this greatest story never told uh okay so let's go to um my item number one anunnaki creation myth now i don't know if these folks are the anunnaki i think they're probably the play pleiadians um but it could be there's several races represented at Arches Park and they all work together. They're from different star systems. You have these serpents, you know, dragons, dragons and more dragons. That's Arches Park is all dragons. And then you have humanoids in there as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking there's Palladians and some of these Anunnaki folks and. Some of the stories I hear about the Book of Enki, I'm not too sure about that. That doesn't really sound like, some of it doesn't jive with what I'm seeing around the earth. Like I, I can't see them enslaving any humans. That, that part doesn't make sense to me, but um, yeah, it's probably these Anunnaki folks in there. And um, So here's a snapshot of, of what I found so far that there's millions of these sculpted busts across the earth, and they have this art style where they they do back-to-back -back 
uh, bust. You know, somebody's looking to the left, somebody's looking to the right, and they're back to back, side by side, top and bottom. Uh, for example, the crown face on Mars that some of you might be familiar with, that's a perfect example of what we're going to see all over Arches Park and the planet where the crown face is actually, it's three people. So you have these three faces side by side, but unlike um, in, what is it, South Dakota uh, with the presidents, um, I'm drawing a blank on one. Uh, Mount Rushmore. You know, you have the four presidents, you can see them. And no, that's not the way these folks do it. They'll put three faces side by side and then they squeeze them together so that they overlap about halfway on each other's face. So let's say you have Joe, Mary, and Sue. Uh, Joe, his left eye is going to be matched, overlapped with Mary's right eye. And then Sue, you know, you squeeze her in there, her eye overlaps with one of Mary's eyes. So what happens when you look at this, you see the face in the middle is the most um, that, that you see. And then you look and you go, oh, my gosh, there's a face here, too. There's another one on this side. And so that's what's going on. They use these artistic styles and their 3D art so that when you look at these features in Arches Park, let's say, uh, you'll see a face and then you look again, you go, oh, there's another face and there's another face. And then that face is made up of all these little faces and there's a whole scene going on and this is all telling a story. And the story begins in Earth orbit. When you look at the Earth in Earth orbit, which you can do on Google Earth, you can download it free. And uh, you look at the Earth and you can see the main characters in this story. You got this, I don't know, Queen Hera, I've been calling her. Um, you got some humanoids. And indeed, in this slide here, um, I have a picture of the Earth and I added some color. Uh, actually, I didn't add anything. I'm not adding or taking away from any of these images. I'm just enhancing them with the tools available in Adobe Premiere Pro. So I've come to, like I said, recognize these folks and what's going on in these scenes that are depicted on the Earth. So this picture here, it shows um, these busts will have different, uh, they're, they're doing different things. One is their, I call it singing. And you can see here these like two largest faces here, their mouths are open. You know, it kind of looks like Bart Simpson is shouting or something. <laughs> but their mouths are open, and I think they're singing. This is all about creation. This is the story of them making all this stuff. And you can see with the red arrow there, um, I'm calling this character Slinky because he is one of the main characters, and we will see him all through Arches Park. It's just everywhere on Mars. He's a main player. And Slinky is coming out of the mouth of this kind of purple face here who's singing. And Slinky is blowing. So these faces are either going to be singing or they're blowing. And they're blowing, it's you know, like some mist or 
smoke or some water, you know, they're blowing. And we're going to see that a lot. And then other times their mouth is just closed. They're not doing anything. But Slinky is blowing out of his mouth and you have South America. And let's see, um, perspectives, yes. Uh, you start in Earth orbit and you look at these scenes and then you descend toward the planet and you will see that these scenes change. And as you get closer and closer, it continues on. Uh, the scale of this is so astounding. Uh, as you get closer down, let's say to Arches Park, um, and you stop uh, 10,000 feet above the ground, for example. And you look down and you can see this scene depicted on the ground. And the artwork is, the canvas is the surface of the planet. And all of these monuments and mesas that are sticking up from the ground in Arches Park are part of that canvas. It gives it this 3D element. Instead of just a flat canvas as the surface of the Earth, you have all these things sticking up, and that is part of the art. That's why I call it 3D art, because it has, it's very dimensional. Uh, one of these days, I hope to go to Arches Park and see this firsthand. But um, uh, we have four minutes until the break. Okay. Let's see. Let's go to the next slide here. Uh, number two, Star Trek Next Generation 3D poster. This is a framed poster I have on my <clears throat> on my wall, excuse me. And it was a while, and I kept looking at this because it's a 3D poster, and it just looks like there's a bunch of fuzzy nothing there. And this is a great example of what you see at Arches Park. When you look at all of these ruins, it just, it doesn't look like much until you kind of step back a little bit and, you know, you kind of look at it sideways or a little cross-eyed. <laughs> and then at some point, boom, it all comes, it becomes clear and you see it. And it's, it's so striking. It's like, oh my God, I see it. And in this poster, there's three Romulan warships uh, staring down the U.S. Enterprise. And it appears as though this two-dimensional poster has depth and you could kind of put your hand right in, right in through it. So this is a good example <clears throat> of what we have with Arches Park. Um, it's 3D art, but nobody's seen it. And we're told it's erosion, so nothing happens. Um, and then my item three, again, is a vintage Thor blacklight poster. I wish we had a miles-long blacklight. We could hang over the park with some helicopters or something. And it would light up. You know, you do this at night, and it would light up the park that you would you would see all of the 3D art in, in all of its glory. Um, who knows if that will ever happen, but uh, that would be pretty cool. So my item number four uh, through items number nine, I'm just showing the tools that I'm using. As I said, I'm not adding or subtracting any information. I'm just enhancing the information that's already there. It's uh, 
uh, black and white. You know, it's the chroma and the luma. It's the black and white and color information that's already there. So those are my tools of the trade. And when we come back from the break, uh, we're going to get um, a little deeper into this. And uh, yeah, so stick around. We'll be back after this short break. You're on the other side of midnight with Richard C. Hoagland. My name is Jonathan Womack. We'll be right back. Fascinating guests as we explore real-world topics and events through the lens of hyperdimensional physics. Join Club 19.5 to gain access to hundreds of archived shows. Only $9.95 per month. Listen in each Saturday and Sunday to the most compelling and thoughtful broadcast heard in over 160 countries around the world. Real research, real data, real science. The other side of midnight.com. The other side of midnight.com. Talk radio with pictures on demand. the other side of midnight my name is jonathan womack <clears throat> that song is coma by ty tabor and um, we're going to open up the phone lines for the third hour tonight let me see if i can 
find that number for you folks. Uh, let's see, it's on the website here somewhere. <laughs> I know it's 917-889-8802. 917-889-8802. So if you have a comment, a question, or a related anecdote, uh, we welcome your calls. Now let's get back to uh, my items for this evening. Um, I just went through the tools that I use to enhance these uh, Google Earth screenshots that I, I use to show what is actually going on and, and what we're looking at here. Uh, item number 10, uh, when you look at the planet from orbit, you always want to look the you have to learn how to see this stuff. There's a process. So um, you always look for the, the biggie and then you look at all the smaller stuff inside the big thing. So when you're looking at the planet from orbit, there's going to be, there's going, there's going to be one big face. Uh, no matter what part of the planet, you turn the planet around in Google Earth and you turn it upside down and there's going to be a huge face. So in item 10, you can see um, the image of Queen Hera there. And then item 11, I've added some uh, color and a little bit of purple there. Um, like I said, I went and added some ultraviolet light to some of these images to help bring out the 3D nature that you don't see on a flat screen or your cell phone or excuse me um so that's what i did i i just added a bit of uh purple and ultraviolet light to these slides so that they're easier to see and hopefully in you can see in slide 11 that there are multiple faces there and again they do this thing where they put faces kind of squeeze them together and they're overlapping. So when you look at it this way, you see something and you look here and you see something else. And it's just really fabulous the way uh, the level of architecture and art that goes into the, the planets is just stunning. Uh, item number 12, uh, image of Earth here, and then 13, I've put some color in there, and what I see is the head of Hera. She has these horns, so this is her top of her head. The tan area is her crown, and uh, the green area at the bottom of the screen is her forehead. The, the bottom of her face is cut off in, in this image here. But what I found is that very common to see uh, when, when the light comes up in the morning, when the sun comes up, it will light up chakras of these people, um, whether it's Mars or, or the Earth. Uh, for example, in Arches Park, you can, on Google Earth, there's a sundial tool, so you can click that on and move the sundial left to right and you can see the sun just peek up over the horizon in the morning because you want to look at this stuff 
uh, in the morning and at sunrise. And in Arches Park, the rangers refer to the morning hour as the blue hour. And at night, they call it the golden hour. Because when the sun reflects, this is the key. It's when the sun refracts off of Earth's atmosphere, that's when the, mag <clears throat> the magic happens. So in the morning, you will see at first light, these points light up in Arches Park. And some of them, you'll find that it's somebody's crown chakra or it's their Ajna chakra that is three to six inches in front of your forehead. The crown chakra is three to six inches, uh, as Georgia Lambert has said on this show many times, <laughs> the crown chakra is three to six inches uh, above the top of your head. And so this artwork features these chakras quite a bit. It's, it's a common element and it's really beautiful too. Uh, item 14, this person or this creature or I, I have to start coming up with more names for these people because you got to call them something and it's like you have these serpents and dragons uh, from whatever planet they're from and they're like the dragons you see in popular fiction or the dragon smog from Lord of the Rings is another example. But then you also have these, I don't know if this is a dog or a dragon really, but I think it's a dragon and it's like an intelligent dragon. And as you can see here, the, he has a crown on top of his head, always the crowns. And I even look for the crowns to find this stuff because when you find the crown, you know there's a head attached to it and the, the crowns are very noticeable. So. You have these intelligent telepathic beings that are part of this uh, galactic federation, if you will. Uh, like I said, there's a number of uh, different races from different planets and different star systems that are, they work together and they go around and create these planetary systems and they're all carved and it's really magnificent. So uh, in 15, I, <clears throat> I added some color so you can see it a little better. And uh, I guess that's about all I want to say there. But oh, we're going to see this this figure on Earth too, everywhere, not just uh, from Earth orbit, but right when you get down into Arches Park, right down to ground level. I mean, it's just these main characters are shown over and over and over again. Now, number 16, um, yeah, oh, here, here we go. I was just talking about this. Uh, and number 17, you, you can see here is this same character. This is, this is the same dude. <laughs> and here he is big as day on um, the ocean floor. Like I said, every square foot of the earth is sculpted. And I had painted a few of these images and shared them on a show that uh, I did a couple of months ago. Richard uh, was off that night and I had Russ Targ on the show and um, showed these these paintings. So one of our listeners emailed me the next day and said that 
because I don't know anybody that is is doing this. And I, I felt kind of silly uh, asserting that the ocean floor was sculpted. I, I'm like, people are going to think I'm nuts. But he said, no, there's a book written in the 90s. Here's a link. It's on archivenet.org. And the guy says that the Pacific Ocean that we're looking at now here is, is a face. The whole thing is a big face. And these kind of islands over here are the pituitary gland in, in, in the face's brain. And, and I thought that was interesting. But as I, I thumbed through the book to look at the pictures and the captions, I realized that this guy, he had the right idea, but he was not getting the big picture. And his assessment was colored by his belief system, meaning that um, <clears throat> he was brought up uh, as a Christian. And so they were very kind of Bible-oriented scenes that he was seeing around the earth. He pointed out, you know, eight or ten areas where he felt this was a scene from the Bible. And in my mind, this goes back millions and millions of years. This is way before the Bible or the book of Enki. This goes way back. And uh, let's see, item number 18. Um, yes, here's this reptoid queen. Um, and I'm, I, I am going, I don't know the book of Enki, like Keith knows it, but I know a little bit about it. And there's a story that a reptoid mated with or genetically was created, it was made with a humanoid, a reptile and, and, a, and a humanoid. So you get this reptoid um, characters and you see this all over the earth. And uh, it seems to be this queen is, <clears throat> she's kind of the, the big mommy of, of the whole shebang there. And uh, let's see. 19 faces of mars yeah and item 19 again i brought up with using color and some ultraviolet light <clears throat> now at first glance this doesn't look probably probably like anything it just looks like a big mess but like that star trek 3d poster if you look at this for a bit and let your eyes soak it in you start to see these faces and these people and they're all overlapping and you just keep looking and there's more and more and it just goes on and on. And indeed, this is all real. The whole planet is carved and it's really beat up and it's very old. But um, yeah, this is what we're looking at. This is all art. And it's created by these godlike beings that have advanced science that is pretty far beyond ours. And a lot of times what I do is when I'm sitting at my desk here at the computer and I'm looking at Google Earth and I see these faces on Mars, for example, I'll get up and step back seven or eight feet from the computer monitor, because I, I want to see what the big is. Where's the big face on the planet? 
And when you're close to your monitor or your cell phone, you know, you might not see it, but when you back up and you look, and I even, I have reading glasses and then like regular glasses off and off, my regular glasses, and boom, there she is, or whatever it is, then you can see it. So you have to use perspective to see these things. And as you change your perspective, so changes the scene and the artwork. Uh, let's go to item 20. This is a Cydonia Oblique. Now this is a pretty good angle if you want to, I encourage people to go to Google Earth and look at Mars and the Earth in this new light understanding that it's 3D and again it's going to look like a big mess it just looks like nothing but crap and ruins and but in fact the it's the most beautiful artwork and if I could hand out magic glasses to everyone I would and I can tell you uh, if you go to Arches Park and put on the glasses and look around it would be one of the most profound experiences of your life. Um, it's it, it bring you to tears, take your breath away. It's just absolutely remarkable and very overwhelming because what I've found is that we're looking at uh, this image here, for example, and we see a, a scene depicted and at the top of this image, you can see uh, there's some text there. It says the face on Mars. That, in fact, is the face. We're looking down at Cydonia area of Mars. And here's the really cool thing. If, uh, let's say we're in an airplane, or, or better yet, we have a magic belt that allows us to fly. So we're looking down. We're going to fly over to the face of Mars, and we're going to look back on this scene from that perspective. It's the opposite direction. And when we do that, all of this artwork changes and it's a whole new scene. And this is true if you go east, west, north, or south. When you look at the same area from the four different directions, there's four different scenes. And then it's even more than that. It's the uh, the midsummer and the midwinter, so it's all changing. And somehow these godlike beings are able to create this artwork so that no matter what perspective you're looking at, it changes. And you fly over here and you look back at it from this. And it changed. The whole thing is so amazing. It's hard to wrap your mind around. <laughs> Excuse me. So, uh, hopefully, you guys can see some of the faces in this in this image. And uh, if you were to descend toward the surface, uh, go right down to ground level, you would continue to see the smaller artwork that makes up all these larger scenes. And let's go to item 21. Yeah, this is another example where I've just brought out some of the colors and 
um, highlighting some of the shapes and the sculptures. As I said before, the surface of the planet is the main canvas, and then you have these little mountains and mesas that are oftentimes these features are the crowns of these faces. That's very common. The, the face is on the ground and the crown is some little mountain. And when you look at it from an angle, you see the ground and this mountain is, it's this 3D, you get its 3D effect. It's really cool. Sometimes you, you look at a cliff wall in Arches Park and it looks flat. And then you watch as the sun goes across the sky and it changes. And all of a sudden it looks like there's a face sticking out from this flat cliff. And you're like, well, how, how the heck? The way they, they do this is, is extraordinary. Uh, and then at another time of day, it may look like the cliff wall is concave and you see someone else's face. So as, as the day progresses, it, it's their storytelling. This is all telling this greatest story never told. Um, hopefully we can get some linguists uh, to, to join our cause and um, deciphering the language that's on these cliff murals is very key to learning um, all of the secrets about these people and where they come from and how this all came to be. I'm getting some of it just from uh, studying the artwork, you start getting a feel for what's going on. Like I said before, the blowing and the singing, this common theme of creation is is throughout all this, this artwork. All right, so let's go to item 22, another oblique. And this is again in the Cydonia area. I think you can see here that this is um, some faces and you can see they got crowns. Um, the face on Mars is on the right. And all I did was enhance some of the color, add a little bit of UV light, and hopefully that's enough for people to see that the, this is all real, and um, there, you get a feel for the style, too. These artists have a, a style and techniques, and, and uh, they're the same on Mars as they are on Earth. Uh, okay, let's go to the next item. Mars item 23. Mars Megaglyph. And as I was saying before, uh, when you're looking at the planets from orbit, there's going to be a really big phase, and then there's smaller faces inside that. And at first glance, this image looks, it doesn't look like anything. It just looks like a, a big mess. But if you let your eye just kind of wander and take it in, or you lean back, or you step away back from your computer monitor, you're going to see that it's all made up of faces, and it's the same main characters in the story. Um, I gotta start giving these 
people names <laughs> and they're from all different races um, you've got the reptiles and reptoids you've got humans you've got Anunnaki uh, Palladians uh, I don't even know how to describe some of these people but um, yeah there's a whole group of them and they've come together you know this is this all means to me this all means hope and my hope is that this will give people some hope when you realize that this is real and you understand that we are not alone in the universe and the universe is a very active place and there's all this stuff going on with these federation and um we're some new kids on the block the human race are kind of new to the, the show here and um i hope one day that we become accepted into this galactic community and indeed today's world is, is pretty messed up i think a lot of you will agree we have a lot of uh problems and in my experience on the other side there is a spiritual war taking place for control of the earth and it's between some bad people who crave power and control over others and the other group are people that believe in the kind of individual freedom and you know, like small government no dictators you know that whole thing so basically we need to enter this era uh, since the 2012 galactic alignment we have an opportunity to enter this new era where we need to kick the dictators to the curb and right now it seems like the dictators of the world are kicking our butts and <laughs> america seems to be going down the tubes you know open borders and all this kind of stuff and i mean it's not looking good for um the U.S. And, and the rest of the, the free world. So we'll see how it goes over these next few years. And um, hopefully my research in Arches Park can, can help in this process where we get the upper hand on these dictators who want to enslave every, like JFK said years ago, there's a group of people they want to enslave every man, woman, and child on the planet. All right, item number 24. It's another megaglyph. And the cool thing about this is, you know, you have this Valus Marineris feature on Mars. That is, it's the, I believe it's the longest, deepest, biggest canyon in the solar system. And it kind of looks like somebody just took um you know maybe a screwdriver and just scraped it across the surface of mars and left this huge gouge and in my book old souls i i talk about this war that happened where this um fifth planet blew up 
and Mars was the moon of this planet, and Mars was damaged pretty heavily uh, when that event happened, and the rubble from that planet became the asteroid belt. And, now, this is a pretty common theory. Um, but what's cool that I, I did not know before was this canyon, Ballas Marineris, is actually part of the artwork. And when you color it and paint it, you really get a full grasp of what they are depicting and it's the same thing i keep talking about this creation myth where you and in this instance it's a dragon is blowing and then that turns into a dragon and then that dragon is blowing and that turns into another dragon and and this kind of thing and um the, the shiny part of, of Valis Marineris, I kind of, I have it highlighted as kind of a yellow, golden color um, that serves as the crown for a lot of the faces that are sculpted around this area. And uh, I can tell you, when you get eyes for this and it, it clicks, like, like it did for me with my Star Trek poster, when I saw those three Romulan ships and the 3D effect, when, when it clicked, I just, I was like, oh my God, that is so cool. And it's the same thing here. When you, when you get it, it's going to be absolutely marvelous. And uh, it's brought me to my knees at times. I'm just, I've been so humbled by this experience and this process and all of my research. And it is, um, well, you can see why I was reluctant to to jump into this with both feet because it is 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 very overwhelming, and I I have a tough some days I I feel like I'm just gonna go bust. Uh, let's see, item twenty five. We have what a couple of minutes coming up to the break, so uh, let's have a look at this slide here, and. <clears throat> As you can see in the middle here, um, this is Mars, obviously, and you have, we're looking down on top of the head of this, this dragon face, this serpent, and the serpent has a crown. There's always these crowns, and in the center of that crown, I, you know, I see this as their crown chakras, just because... After you look at this stuff, I'm starting to recognize the different dragons, for example, in Arches Park. I'm like, oh, that's, uh, you know, so-and-so dragon. And um, so when you get to that point, you know, it's time to take a break and step away from the computer. But, um, yeah, so here we have this dragon character in yellow. And... Um, Around this, you have all of this other artwork going on, and in green, you can see uh, some of these other facial features, and the whole thing is just absolutely stunning when you see it in 3D. Um, let's see. Okay, we got the break coming up, so you're listening to The Other Side of Midnight with Richard Hoagland. My name's Jonathan Womack. We'll be back after these short messages. Don't go away. 
thanks for listening to this exciting first hour. Now, the second and third hour of the show is available to Club 19.5 members only. Please support the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 and join our very interesting community. To do that, please visit the website, theothersideofmidnight.com, and click on the Join Club 19.5 link in the left-hand column. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll gain access to the rest of this show and all previous 350-plus shows that we have done. Now, recent Club 19.5 member archive recording have the commercials removed and the sound quality has been enhanced. You'll also receive a dedicated private podcast feed that contains these enhanced show recordings. And you'll be able to download the MP3 files directly from the archive if you prefer. As a Club 19.5 member, you'll also be the first to preview our new videos and reports. We'll be adding exclusive new features to Club 19.5 as we go forward. And boy, have we got some amazing things to tell you about in the coming weeks. So please support the show and don't miss all the exciting new things we have planned. I want to thank all our Club 19.5 members because without your guys' support, this show would not be on the air. Please help us continue growing the show by subscribing to Club 19.5 today. And when I say we really need you, we really need you. Over and out. Thank you.